0: Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures and we felt alone in our struggle. And now all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So, if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. Hey there. Welcome back to my podcast. The fact that you are back here means the absolute world to me. I'm just amazed at how many people actually listened to my first one. So you are here and that means you maybe liked it. So thanks. I'm going to start today um, with a review from my first podcast and it's from Mackenzie44. Tiffany Vaughn, your podcast was a truly amazing experience. Your honesty, compassion, and spirituality were so appreciated, as was your great sense of humor. Thank you, Mackenzie44. That is amazing. Thank you all for leaving the reviews that you did. It definitely made my day. So thank you. This time, my question for you is, If you can remember, when you spent money on something that you considered to be extravagant, you didn't really need it, but it sure did make you feel like your life was just easier because you bought it. James and I spent some money on three things that for sure were the best money we ever spent, and I'm quite sure you'll know what those things are by the end of this episode. We left off episode one with the amazing news that we were finally pregnant with our first child after so many years of trying. So the pregnancy with our first child was actually pretty easy, except for the three to four months of really bad nausea and extreme fatigue. The only part of this journey that was stressful was when we went to the 18-week ultrasound And the doctors once again called us into another room for a meeting. You know when they close the door that poop is about to get real. And boy did it ever. We were told that our baby had a two-vessel cord, also known as single umbilical artery, which occurs in about 1% of pregnancies. During the anatomy ultrasound, one of the things that the sonographer is looking for is the presence of three vessels within the umbilical cord. One vein, which carries oxygen and nutrients from the mum to the baby, and two arteries. And those arteries shuttle the waste back to the mum, who then processes it and disposes of it in her kidneys. But instead of three vessels, our baby's cord had only two. One vein and one artery. Well, that wasn't all, though. They told us that the heart, kidney, and liver had spots on them, and because of all of these things, they would definitely need to keep a close eye on the baby's development, which meant a lot more ultrasounds than normal. Of course, we were both nervous, especially after trying so hard to get this baby, but I was also okay with being able to see our little nugget more often and get more pictures. And I ended up having eight ultrasounds in total and every one of them showed our baby was doing great and growing like a weed. And at one point I even got the middle finger so I knew things were okay inside. On September the 3rd 2008 our baby girl Avery Rose Vaughn arrived and no words other than pure love. And pure, utter panic. Holy Mm, smokes. Um, I wanted this baby so badly. And now I don't know what I'm supposed to do with her. I was so scared and tired and scared. And thank God I had one nurse that came to help me in the wee hours of the morning. And she was just so kind. We got to talking about our infertility journey, and she let me know that her and her husband were also struggling, and they had run out of options. I know it was the hormones and the love I was feeling for my new baby, but I was so, so tempted to offer up our remaining embryo that was now in cryo-storage. Little did I know that that would be a part of our story years later. I didn't have a smooth start with our baby girl. She was completely fine, but I wasn't. Um, I started bleeding very, very heavy not long after we brought Avery home. So James took me to the emergency room in Strathmore and my temperature kept spiking and I was bleeding very heavy. So they ended up taking me to Calgary in the ambulance and ended up doing a D&C surgery. And that was basically, I guess, because my uterus didn't close up properly or something. Anyway, I ended up having a surgery and James was left to take care of our newborn baby. And it was super, super stressful for all of us, but especially James. Not long after I had that surgery, I was at home taking care of our new girl, and I was sitting on the couch watching Dr. Phil and having a coffee, and I just started to feel really, really bad. Something something wasn't right again, so I called James, and I asked him to come home, and by the time he got there, I was in really, really bad shape. He ended up having to call an ambulance, um, and I had a temperature of 104, so they took me to the hospital, and I ended up staying there for five days. Apparently, I had multiple infections going on, one from the DNC surgery I had just had, and I also had developed something called mastitis. Well, if you don't know what mastitis is, just know that it is so awful. It involves your boobs. And I had to show one of my beasts to quite literally the hottest doctor I've ever seen in my entire life. You can just ask my mom because she was in the room. Oh my goodness. I was dying. My mom was dying. of She was laughing, but she was dying for me because my face was so beet red. I was just so traumatized anyway, it was awful. So James was left to take care of our baby for the second time in less than two weeks. And thankfully our parents were with him to help him out this time, but they would bring Avery to come see me in the hospital. And every time they left, I would just cry because I couldn't be with my brand new baby. It was awful. We enjoyed our family of three plus two dogs, and many times we thought that that would be it. We were told the stats on the thawing process and that some embryos don't make it through the thaw, so the fact that we only had one left did not leave us feeling very hopeful. So instead of thinking about having another baby, we just enjoyed having our little girl and thanking God for the blessing that we did receive. But if you've ever been through the IVF journey and have embryos left over in storage, you never ever stop thinking about them and if you should use them, especially when it took so much effort to make those miracles, the time, the money, all of it. Eventually, we were ready to give our last remaining MB a chance and this time I was diligent about doing acupuncture. With Avery, I had a couple appointments, but this time I was a regular. Acupuncture has been known to help reduce depression, which was definitely something I was still battling, but not as drastically as before I had Avery. Acupuncture has also been known to help decrease stress and anxiety, and that can contribute to fertility problems. So I was going to try everything possible to make sure that this transfer was a success. The embryo transfer date was set and I headed to Calgary for my acupuncture appointment and then I was going to head to the fertility clinic right after that for the transfer. But on the drive to Calgary, the fertility clinic called and gave me the sad news that our frozen embryo didn't survive the thaw. I had to pull over. The tears were so heavy that I couldn't see anymore. And it's a crappy feeling, especially knowing that was it, that they're all gone now, and all of that effort, and it's over. It was devastating. But we did have our girl, and that definitely helped with the heartache that stuck with me for quite some time. All right, let's just end the speculation right now, because some of you might be thinking that... We probably went and got another dog, and um, yeah, it did did get mentioned, and James very quickly shot down the idea, so we didn't get another dog. For a while, we were pretty set on being a one-child family. Neither one of us grew up that way. I have a brother and a sister, and James has a sister as well, so we both knew what it was like having a sibling to grow up with. And we couldn't imagine Avery never having one. So, and we were also most sad, thinking about her being alone once we were no longer around. Who would she lean on for comfort? So the hamster wheel started spinning. Should we do this again? How will we pay for it? Am I prepared to handle all the drugs and hormones and the emotional roller coaster again? And did we really, really need another child? Why couldn't we just be happy? with the beautiful girl that we already had. Well, I know God has plans, and he wasn't letting my hamster off of its wheel until I made that call to my doctor to get back into the clinic. And as usual, we had to wait a few months. Thankfully, this time we were helped in the financial area by our family, and for that we will always be grateful. They wanted us to have another baby just as much as we did. This time around, my body acted like a pro. I guess having a baby cleared up some of the junk down in that area and made room for good stuff to happen. Who knows? I have no idea what happened, but all I know is I produced more follicles, they retrieved more eggs, and we ended up with eight embryos. This time, we had more embryos than we ever planned on using, unless all of them didn't work. There was always that potential, so we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. The embryologist labeled two of our embryos rock stars and gave us the be prepared for twins speech since we were having two of them transferred. The two-week wait was still painfully long, but having a three-year-old running around definitely distracted me. And I'm not going to lie, I was praying for twins. Even knowing how much work one child is, I still wanted the experience of having twins. Some people thought I was crazy, and for sure, James was one of them. On the morning of the pregnancy test, I couldn't wait, so I took a test at home. It was super early in the morning, like 4 a.m. or something crazy like that, and I couldn't sleep, I just couldn't wait any longer, and I was waiting in the bathroom for the test to be ready. And I look up and Avery is standing in the doorway. She didn't say a word. She just stood there. And the timer went off and I was so scared to look at that stick. But I finally did and it was negative. Our rock stars didn't make it. And I started crying and Avery came over and gave me a hug. People, okay, this child never woke up that early, so it's kind of like God was just saying, you know what, it's okay. Remember what I've already given you. When you have a failed embryo transfer, the doctors recommend that you wait two to three months to try again in order to get your system in somewhat normal condition After a few months, we decided it was time to try again with frozen embryos. Remember our last experience with a frozen embryo? We did not have high hopes. This time, when they went to unthaw the embryos, one didn't make it, but two of them did. And their quality was good. But pregnancy rates with frozen embryos is lower than using fresh embryos, so we still didn't have high hopes. Please, God, just let us have one more, a sibling for our Avery. So, we (laughs) said the same that we did when I was um, pregnant with Avery in the early days. I kept saying, Think thick, so you stick, and become a fetus, and come out and meet us. And it worked for Avery, so I just kept saying it over and over and over and over and just prayed. I had been doing some photography mentoring around this time, and I had actually scheduled a family photo shoot with this photographer a couple of months prior, not knowing where we would be in our fertility journey. Well, it turns out that the day we were supposed to get our test results was the day of the photo shoot. So this could either be a really good day captured on film or a really, 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 really shitty day. And I almost cancelled, but getting this photographer was pretty tough, so we just decided to roll the dice. And we got the results minutes before leaving for the photos, and we were pregnant! Oh my goodness, the nausea though, and tiredness, oh good, it kicked in Instantly, and this time it was beyond brutal. A couple of weeks later, I started bleeding, and it wasn't a little bit either; it was a lot and I immediately thought that we were losing the baby, so I called the fertility clinic to see what we should do, and they they asked us to come in right away for an ultrasound just to check out what was happening on the drive there, I cried and I prayed and. I told James though, I don't know what's going on because I still feel really, 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 really nauseous. It was so weird. I had a really hard time <clears throat> laying on that ultrasound bed and just waiting for them to start it up. Please, 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 please let there be a heartbeat. Please, please. And Dr. O'Keen put the wand on my belly. And immediately, I knew what I was looking at. It was clear as day. Two sacks. Is that what I think it is? And our doc said, that would be a twin pregnancy. We were shocked. <laughs> like, so shocked. What? We put in two frozen embryos, and both of them took. It was it was a shock for sure. The bleeding was attributed to implantation, and I guess with multiple pregnancies, it can be heavier than usual. Telling our families was so exciting. My parents were now going to be grandparents to two sets of twins, and James's parents had never been around twins, so they were in complete shock. Besides getting very, 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 very large, It was a pretty normal pregnancy. With Avery, we kept her gender a surprise. We didn't want to know if we were having a boy or a girl. And that was pretty tough since I'm a planner. So when we found out we were having twins, sorry, I need to know. I need to plan for two babies, okay? But waiting for the sex of your baby was way more suspenseful than I thought it was going to be, especially with twins the technician was doing the measurements for baby A and finally told us that it was a boy. But I kid you not, we had to wait at least 30 minutes to find out what baby B was. And when she finally told us that it was another boy, well, the look on James's face was priceless. It's like he had one of those thought bubbles above his head and You could just see him playing catch and hitting the links with his little guys. And I was so happy because it meant way easier shopping and decorating. And of course, because they would always have each other as their best buddy. The labor and delivery was interesting. That's the best way I can describe it. It's pretty intense knowing you're about to have two humans come out of you but my doctors and nurses were amazing and they kept me calm. When you deliver multiples and you're not scheduled for a C-section, you still need to deliver in an operating room just in case. James should have been the only person in the operating room with me, but they also allowed my mom in the room and for that I will forever be grateful for. This meant that she got to witness the birth of all of her natural grandchildren, and she got some amazing photos for us, and that was just so great. Thankfully, I didn't have to push too much with baby A. He was quite cooperative, and that's when Ryder James entered the world. As soon as we saw his face, James and I both looked at each other and said, that's Ryder. We had picked out names beforehand, but wanted to see their faces first. Typically, the second baby is delivered quite quickly after the first. But not our baby bee. Nope, he was not having it. He loved the extra room he had now, and he wanted to hang out a while longer and just stay with his mama. I pushed, and I pushed, and I pushed, and nope no way. He was not coming out. And at one point the doctor said, if we don't get him out soon, we'll have to do a C-section as his heart rate is dropping. Oh, hell no, 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 no. I'm not about to recover from a vaginal delivery and a C-section delivery. Are you crazy? Mm-mm. Not happening. So I'm not really sure where I got the strength, but I pushed like a crazy woman. And when they said, you know, you can take a break. I said, no, no, I'm good. I'm going. And 56, five, six, very long minutes later, Dylan James entered the world. And when they weighed them, the size of my belly made so much sense. They were just under seven pounds and 21 inches. So yeah, they were big, big babies. As I was laying there, lovingly looking at our new babies, I look over at my doctor who was delivering the placenta and I knew something was very wrong right away. The look in her eyes definitely gave it away. She was giving instructions to the anesthesiologist, and the nurses were pushing James and my mom to the back corner of the operating room. My mom told me later that I was bleeding very heavily, and it was pouring onto the floor below me. I was hemorrhaging, and out of nowhere, this nurse comes flying in my direction with a needle and jabbed my leg. I didn't feel it, though, because of the epidural, but it startled me. I asked her why she did that, and she said, to save your life. I guess it was something to help clot my blood from the hemorrhaging that was happening. And after that, the room got back to normal, everyone calmed down, and the happiness returned to the room. Bringing two babies home is intense and terrifying. Thankfully, we had lots of help at home in the first two to three weeks with my parents, James's parents, and my sister. Because of the mastitis infection that I got with Avery, there was no way I was going to attempt breastfeeding, especially with twins. So from day one, we did formula, which did make it much easier to have others help in the middle of the night. And in the first couple of weeks, the mornings at our house looked like a scene from the night after a frat party. People were crashed on couches, on floors, some with a baby, some without a baby. But instead of beer bottles, there were numerous empty milk bottles laying around, and I never really knew where my babies were, unless I actually had one of them with me. And I couldn't have been happier. But then they all left, and James and I were left to parent all three kids by ourselves. Holy crap. And it didn't take us long to realize that we were possibly going to die from lack of sleep if we didn't get more help, and quickly. You know that feeling of being so tired your hair hurts? Yeah. That's what it was like. And you should see some of the photos from that time. We look like zombies. I was part of a Facebook group for parents with multiples. And one day I saw someone post something about using a night nurse. Well, let's just say that I looked into that so bloody fast. And within a couple of days, our sweet angel Michelle walked into our lives. We had her come once a week which was on Wednesdays at about 10 o'clock until six the next morning. And when she arrived, we hightailed it to our room and instantly fell asleep. We looked forward to Wednesdays so much. We would do a countdown once she left. And then the monster flood of 2013 happened. Michelle called and said that she wasn't sure. If she could make it because the bridges might be closed off, but that she would try her very best. I got off the phone and told James. And I really haven't seen James cry very often, but that day I distinctly saw water in his eyes and a lump in his throat. He was devastated, and to be honest, so was I. We needed sleep. But did I say she was our angel? 10 p.m., our doorbell rang, and there she was. And James hugged her and bolted to the bedroom. Life with three kids was busy. We definitely did not give Avery enough attention in that first year. We tried our very best, but it was a matter of survival and making sure people just got fed or bathed. And Avery was such a good big sister and very helpful with getting diapers for us and putting bottles in the warmers but I knew she needed more interaction and I needed more time to go do other mom things like grocery shopping or shower or brush my teeth. So we hired a wonderful young lady named Chantel to come over a couple hours at a time to spend some time with the kids so that I could feel like a human again and Avery could get some interaction. She was a godsend. I also started looking at long-term childcare about three months after the boys were born because I had a feeling that it was going to be hard to find someone that would be willing to take a four-year-old and twin babies. We were living in a small town and the options were not really there. And Chantel was working with multiple families at the time and wasn't prepared to take care of our family as her only job. So it was either quit my job and stay home with the kids or look at other options. With Avery, I was so ready to quit my job and be a stay-at-home mom, but I did end up going back to work. This time, uh, no, I was not ready to be a stay-at-home mom. I was quite excited to be back in my office, start being around other adults, get dressed, have coffee and go to the washroom in peace, and go for lunch with co-workers, and on and on. But in order to do that, we needed to find childcare. And that's when I started looking into nannies, both live-out and live-in. Because we lived in a small town about 20 minutes from Calgary, our options were very limited for a live-out. We were getting no interest in a live-out. So the next option was to hire a live-in nanny, I used an agency that helps place nannies from other countries, and we started interviewing nannies from all over the world, and that's when we met Digna. She sent us some photos of her with the kids that she was taking care of in Hong Kong, a little girl, and twins. She aced all of our questions, and we knew that she was the one, so we offered her the job, and she accepted. It was just a matter of waiting for her to arrive. I got her room downstairs ready and I put a basket full of goodies on her bed to help make her first night in Canada and with us more comfortable. I'm not going to lie. I was so, so bloody nervous about this whole situation. I had heard positive stories about live-in nannies, but also not so positive stories we were having someone living in our house with us that we didn't know. Someone that was coming from another country on a very long flight to live with our family and take care of our kids. Were we crazy? Sometimes I thought we were nuts for doing this. Digna was arriving on June the 12th, 2014 and I was going to pick her up at the airport while James stayed home with the kids. Nervous, would not even come close to expressing how I was feeling. I made up a sign with her name on it, and I waited at the gate. The doors opened, and I knew it was her flight that was coming off. And I saw her, and she walked right on by, even with my sign. Oh crap, this is not a good start. What? the heck. Now what do I do? So I nervously walked up to her where she was waiting for her luggage and I tapped her on her shoulder and showed her the sign and she smiled at me and I smiled at her and we hugged and it felt so right. And I'm not kidding when I say my anxiety and nerves went away immediately. There was just something in her eyes and her smile that told me everything. Was going to be okay. Like I did in episode one, I'd like to close off with the things that I am grateful for from this part of our story. I am grateful for James being such an amazing new dad, taking care of our first baby by himself, not once, but twice while I was in the hospital. I am grateful for our parents for loaning us the money so we could undergo another round of IVF. Without them, we wouldn't have our boys. I am grateful my body cooperated this time and that God gave us two boys with frozen embryos. That is a miracle. I am grateful for the needle and the drugs that was jabbed into my leg to stop me from bleeding to death. I am not grateful for the side effects of that drug and pretty sure neither was James, my mom, the nurses... Just go Google oxytocin side effects and you'll know what happened to me down there. It just wasn't pleasant for anyone. And I am grateful we were able to afford what we considered to be extravagant, but so necessary for our sanity and our mental health. Our once-a-week-night nurse, Michelle, our amazing babysitter, Chantel, and most of all, our live-in nanny, Digna. They are all our angels. Hey there. Thank you so much again for being here and listening. It means the world to me. I know how busy life is and that you could be doing so much with your time. And the fact that you chose to spend your time listening to my podcast is so amazing to me. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you. If you like the show again and the content that I'm sharing please be sure and subscribe and leave a written review because when you do that it definitely gets out into the world more and that would mean the world to me. You can find me in many areas in the big wide web and I will have links to all of those places in my show notes. Again, I am so grateful for you and I'm always cheering you on and just please remember to always be kind. And until next time, stay well.